Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beef Podcast, where our goal is to promote health and wellness in the bodybuilding community while having fun doing it and getting you huge. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Thank you guys so much for watching. On to the video. Okay, so what's going on, guys? Um, going on, today we got our boys, and I wanted to talk about training a lot today. Um, but anyways, to get the elephant out of the room, Paul, what's going on with your face, man? Well, apparently I, I was I was watching porn on my iPhone and it fell, slipped right on my hands because I was in shock. <laughs> in face. That's amazing. Yeah, like no, um, we, we uh, honestly, uh, this thing happened like spur of the moment. I got a phone like just honestly hit me in the face. Um, projectile phone. That's what I'm going with, man. Projectile yeah. phones. Brutal. Right, projectile phones. Brutal. The thing. Fucking technology these days, man. Yeah, 2021, man. Who's to say that projectile phones are not a thing? Exactly. Exactly. So what's going on uh, with your training then, Paul? Are you uh you getting big for the off season or what? Yeah, I'm starting out that off season. Get you can see it in my face, eh? Getting thick and, and fat. What what's your weight? What's your weight now? It's it's um uh two sixty. Two sixty, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's the the golden grain rice, man. Yep. cream of rice that's so good for sure man i got some the other day and been uh spoon feeding that like you like yeah, have you tried the pancakes one that one's fucking good yeah that's the one i'm talking about it's super yeah good. is this so like I, a new cream of rice company yeah we'll send you some man dude do it up man 100 is, is it hard to get where you're at oh, impossible man really <laughs> yeah see that that's the problem right like but we'll we'll definitely be able to send you some out and they're man they're they're on point like the flavors are good and the consistency of it is just like it's more like baby food so it's really like soft and creamy which is exactly what you want i didn't even know cream rice could be that good to be honest because i was fucking just blending rice before <laughs> yeah it mixes really is that, well it mixes super is that a well. canadian company i think they're based out of alberta yeah yeah they're they're like a pretty small company man but they're like super cool um like the packaging super nice um i'd show you right now but i literally just ran out of it and i'm like i'm texting these guys i'm like i need i need like 10 more <laughs> and they're like holy shit you're going through it fast i'm like dude it's good like you know it's perfect for the off season because it's you're like have you seen how big i am yeah like i, I make muffins <laughs> with it like literally like my pre-workout is i use the cream rice i put a cup of egg whites i put a scoop of uh protein powder like vanilla protein powder whey and then I just baked that. I put some blueberries in there too, and I baked that, and it's amazing. Eat it on on the way to the gym. I saw the muffins on your on your IG. Yeah. Yes, dude. They yeah, they're so good. Well, I, I need that recipe, the Broku the Broku loaf. Dude, I was looking for that easiest, on your page everywhere. It's the most most simple thing you could possibly make. I literally, I, I've put it on YouTube. I put it on my IGTV. It's literally just oats, egg whites, eggs, however, whatever your macros are for fats. If, so like right now I'm doing just a cup of egg whites and four whole eggs, a cup of oats and hundred grams of blueberries, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of water. And I just blend it and pour it in a Tupperware container and microwave it. Yeah, that's pretty, it looks good. It just comes out like a bread loaf. Yeah. I wonder if you baked it. Do you think it would work if you baked it or does it have to be in the microwave? It probably would work if you baked it, but the whole point is that it's like simple and easy. So I can, I literally, I'll make the blend, I'll blend it all up the night before 
put it in the fridge and it gets like overnight oats you know it gets like thick overnight yeah yeah and then i've made pancakes with it i've you know but then i just started pouring it in the tupperware container and microwaving it for like 10 minutes and it comes out like perfect yeah it started actually because i was at i was the first time i ever made the loaf was 2019 olympia i was in vegas and i was like oh man i don't have i can't make my pancakes and aceto gave me the same ingredients and i was like all right well let's just pour it in this container and microwave it and see what happens and it came out looking like a little bread loaf and i was like all right this is happening from now on i might actually try it today man because like i was saying i just ran out of cream of rice um and i'm like i don't think the muffins are going to be very good at like with oats that would be maybe they would i don't know but I think, yeah, I'll give it a shot today. Like, for my Maybe if you did like you were doing with the rice before and like grinded the oats up first. Yeah, so true. Like an oat flour. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay I'm going to get flamed for this. <laughs> but um, the other day I was in a rush and I didn't have time to eat my rice meal. So I, I don't know if this has happened to you guys, but I, I, I blended my rice and I like put protein powder in it and a little bit of water because I was you like, fuck, I need to drink this shit. <laughs> oh man. it's actually really good man it makes like a really good pudding i've never done it before i've never tried that but they make rice pudding so I don't know. dude i used to fucking blend like my chicken and my rice like 2020 that's what i was doing i wasn't really leaving the house i was basically just blending shakes all day drinking them sometimes puking and then like trying to go work out at like 9 p.m in like some random underground basement gym so fucking weird man but i don't think that's very good for your digestion like i don't think a lot of um like water and stuff is, is actually good for your 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 like the breakdown of your food like you know i think chewing it and and actually like having that entire process of like digestion is really important so for yeah. me like anyways i think like that caused me like a lot of problems like long term because over yeah. 2020 started getting like like indigestion and like GERD and like all of these issues and I went to the doctor and I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Because I literally like shot blood one day and it was just a bit. And then, but still I was like, okay, this is, and I had like abdominal cramps and things like that. I'm like, time to go to the hospital. So I go and I get like a colonoscopy and endoscopy, all this stuff done. They're doing tests and they said that everything is fine, but there's inflammation in there. And so I'm telling my doctor and he, you know, I'm talking to him, telling him what we do. He's like, you know, that's, that's probably going to like hurt you you know, blending it up like that, you know, like you should be um, eating it, like using your saliva and like, you know, like all these things. Um, he said, you know, using more enzymes can help too, especially like with the amount of food we eat. Um, and then the other thing was that he was like, you got to avoid gluten. He's like, you know, you're probably, you know, you might not be like celiac, but you've got definitely a problem with gluten, which is causing inflammation and right. Stop doing all that stuff and like limiting gluten, all that. And, and it all cleared up right away, like pretty much right away. So you know, no, that's good. I, know, I like that you brought that up about the blending because I actually did a Q and A on a couple of days ago on my Instagram, and somebody asked the question about blend, blending their meals versus eating their meals because they couldn't, they just couldn't get enough meals in by eating them. And I didn't get around to answering the question, so yeah. like I got busy and didn't get around to answering <laughs> all of them. So I'm glad you brought that up because, like, yeah, I was gonna tell them it does make a difference in like the enzymes that you release when chewing the food and like actually breaking it down that's it it creates digestive enzymes that's the thing so you don't create the same your pancreas doesn't release like um the uh what is that enzyme pancreas or whatever 
Well, it's an issue too. Is like, like digestion, uh, like starts in your mouth, obviously with chewing and like the enzymes that are in your yeah. saliva. And then obviously like if you're eating food and taking in like a lot of fluid as well, like water, it waters down the enzymes in your stomach as well. So you're not, you're like, you know, literally watering down the enzymes. So you're not going to be able to digest the food as efficiently. So if you throw like a ton of food in on that, then uh, yeah, I think you run into issues too. So I think like the only thing I ever blended was rice. Like Paul said, like my big off season, my first meal every day was two scoops of protein, 400 grams of cooked rice blended with some berries. So I used to train clients one on one in the morning. So I would just sip on that for like an hour or two, like as my first meal. And then after that, all my meals after that would be whole food meals. Yeah. Because I just found, like I, like I knew blending meals wasn't ideal, but I never had an appetite in the morning. Like, you know, even in prep, I'm the kind of guy, like I don't start eating until like 11 or 12 in the day. I just like have always been like that. So the only time, like when I'm having to eat big for off season, like the only way for me to get a meal in when I wake up is, is some type of, uh, shape but I, I used to find blending rice pretty good like because you would digest it really fast because i even found like blending oats up i did that for a bit but like that would still bloat me like even if i ate a bowl of oatmeal so i mean the blended rice works pretty good if you're someone that's having trouble getting it down i've never tried it you ever do like, like if i needed something quick like that i always i would always just do like a whey shake and then eat something alongside of it some actual food alongside of it i've never really blended my meals true I've, I've definitely blended breakfasts for probably like oh, yeah. five years out of my like 12 years of bodybuilding. And like, I don't know, I, I personally, the way I feel with blending stuff is it's okay if it's a little bit like with Morgan, like if you're doing it like once a day, no problem, but it, it becomes a slippery slope once you're doing like chicken and rice meals as, as a shake. Cause then it's like, you have meal two as a shake and then meal three is a shake. When are you eating any whole foods? You know, at that point, like it's still whole food, obviously. But I think if you, if you continually bypass that digest the digestive process you're actually hindering your ability to continue that digestive process it's like bypass it and then your body just like excretes it and you're just like you know and eventually what happened to me was i just started throwing up all the time and it was fucking scary <laughs> so and are you actually going to absorb this nearly the same amount of nutrients by just drink, blending yeah. it up and drinking it as opposed exactly. to it having to go through that digestion process. Exactly. Right. That's it. Which exactly. Right. right. You so. notice the protein powders put in um, digestive enzymes, like the good expensive protein powders. Yep. And that's probably just for that purpose alone to, to help you like assimilate those proteins. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like a lactase enzyme. Uh, lactase. Yeah. yeah. Lactase. Exactly. Cause that helps. Cause then if there is any dairy in that way, cause I think a lot of people are sensitive to dairy. Right. So that's why some people they'll have a way and they'll be like, oh, like that one hurt my stomach. Well, this one has lactase in it. So now if there is any lactose from the, the way being a milk product, it helps you digest it. So that's yeah. Awesome. And then things like glutamine, apple cider vinegar, greens powder. I know you're big into greens powders, Mo. Like I see you're, you're taking that you're dry scooping, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I drink that usually in the morning and at night, like all that stuff twice a day. Right. Yeah. One more thing about the shakes in the morning too. I think you're in a way better position to absorb nutrients from a shake in the morning because yeah. you've obviously fasted all night and you haven't eaten anything. And us being bodybuilders, like our, as soon as we wake up, like our bodies are in need of like protein, especially. So I think you're just way more likely to just absorb those nutrients like right away in the morning if you are doing a shake, as opposed to like if you had two or three whole food meals and then you throw like a big blended shake on top of it, it might not be as beneficial. That's when you might get the digestion issues, right? True. Yeah. Good point. That's actually mm -hmm. a good point. So I, I like having like EAAs or something like right first thing in the morning, which I didn't actually used to do, but like, I was just like thinking about it. I'm like, it's probably going to do only good. Like, it's not going to harm you at all. Cause you, even if you had a meal and then did cardio, 
you still get the same benefit from that cardio, like fat burning wise until you're like really, really shredded. I feel like, like that stuff is kind of like just picking hairs. Um, but yeah, man, like, yeah, having something fast in the morning definitely helps. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I do yeah. the first thing too, like before I even have a meal, because I, I usually almost do fast curry of some sort. So like, yeah, yeah that's what I was gonna problem. say. Yeah, that really helps because you you have some EAs, then you're drinking water, and you just keep drinking water. Maybe you have a coffee. By the time you're done your cardio, your body's ready to eat, and you can just start eating. Like even if it takes you an hour after you wake up, like that's what I do. And just I third yeah, that so much yeah, better. I always yeah. do the aminos first thing. Too. Yeah, there's three three days a week where I have to be at the gym at like. 6 a.m to train clients so i get up have put a scoop of aminos creatine glutamine and go in i do my cardio my ab routine train my client come home and get breakfast that's awesome yeah Yeah, that's that's good man because because on prep i was doing training early 6 a.m after one meal and my digestion was always bad during the workout i was always bloated even Mm -hmm. if it was like literally just like salmon or just beef or just eggs no carbs, nothing. I'd still be bloated. I'm like this, you know, cause your, your body needs an opportunity to wake up. You got to be hydrated first of all. Right. Then yeah. you also have to do a little bit of exercise. Even if it's fucking 10 minutes, it's better than just sitting. Like you're lying down, then you're sitting and then you're eating. Like you're not, your body doesn't need or require that food yet. So just 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes is what I do every morning helps so much with, with getting the digestion going. Right. Cause yeah. I feel like as soon as I've done that cardio, my body's like, okay, I'm ready to eat. And that just sets up my whole day. Yeah. yeah. Aside from digestion too, what I noticed with COVID is even in the off season, like if I don't get up and start walking or do like some physical activity for 15, 20 minutes, mostly like, uh, you know, early, early in the morning, it, it offsets my whole day. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you guys get sore, right? In the mornings. Am yep. I the only one? Or <laughs> I don't know if it's an age thing. <laughs> But you guys get sore in the morning, right? So you never get out of that mindset. Never. If you don't like just fucking get up. And But most of you didn't work from home during uh, the pandemic, right? I'm still working from home. So that's a bitch. My productivity during the day is completely horrible if I don't get up and just do something to get me moving first thing. Like, I, it's hard to, like, that wakes me up, gets me moving, gets everything going mentally, too. Just getting up and... Like you said, even if it's 15, 20 minutes, just getting it going. I find it so interesting how we're all on the same page with that. Like, you know, like obviously we're all like pretty advanced and it's like, we've all just come to the conclusion that even in the off season, like getting up and getting some type of cardio in is beneficial. Like even if the goal is to gain weight. And like, that's something I really preach to guys who are like, have this mindset of like, they can't burn any calories at all in the off season. Like, dude, I used to be like that, man. I used to be like that. I think we all, think, yeah. Well, yeah, we've all gone through that phase. Well, then, yeah, we all that mindset leads to that big fat off season that we all have. Yeah. I've and been on, I've been on like, both extremes. Cause I was, I was a hyper skinny kid that yeah. the only thing I would ever do is just run. And like, I would like purposely fidget. I remember being in class purposely fidgeting. Cause I'm like, I'm going to burn calories. So I'll just be fucking <laughs> running in my chair for like an hour class. You know, people probably thought I was the most fucked up kid. And then I went into bodybuilding and I went the complete opposite after I think someone told me some one bodybuilder, old school bodybuilder was like, never run if you can walk, never walk if you can sit. And like, it just clicked. And I'm like, okay. So every time I was at work, I would like always make sure to set up like a box or a chair. So as soon as I served a customer, I would just sit and just chill and be like, don't fucking move. Don't burn calories. It was so weird, man. (laughs) One extreme to the other, but like, yeah, I think, you know, you probably want somewhere in the middle. So getting some activity in the morning is good. Like an hour of cardio, way too fucking much. 15 to 20 minutes. Perfect. And then the rest of your day just carries on from there. Right. 
when yeah. when do you guys when do you guys like to actually train though do you guys like training after like two meals or like five meals or like what do you guys do i'm after two two meals yeah okay i'm like that too yeah it's a back. hard one for me because i i enjoy training after two or three meals but it's easier for me to get all my meals in if i have at least four meals before i go train like if i train after two meals it's hard for me to get the rest of my meals in throughout the, throughout the day mm. after coming home from the gym. But like, if I wait till after meal four, okay, I only got two more meals after the gym. It's e- easy to get it in. I don't know, but I like training earlier in the day. I just, I can't get the meals in as easy. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I find, if, I, if I had more than two meals, I'm just too heavy in my stomach. Like I like having, get off, have like my biggest meal of the day is my breakfast. It's like 1200 calories. Yeah. And then before, and like I wait two and a half hours, eat some chicken and rice or some fish and rice, wait an hour. And then I go hit the gym. And I find out that just like my pre-workout hits me perfectly. And then I actually feel like once I get halfway through that workout and I break out my intra workout, like my body actually needs intra workout. So I just like, I feel like I just get more benefit from that. And then when I get home, it's like perfect time for a post-workout meal. And I just sit on my ass for the rest of the night and eat like three or four more meals before I go to bed. In my mind, I'm like, okay, the work is done. Now I'm just resting, eating and growing. Mm. So, I mean, you know, just works for me, right? Yeah. yeah. I like that six o'clock workout time frame. So so probably about after meal four or five. Meal four with uh, some some pre-workout. Yeah. But the way you feel the gym, the gym is too busy at six o'clock. Yep. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. You know, six o'clock is not too, too bad, but, um, five, you go to four. Pure muscle and fitness, then it's like at six o'clock, then they just start putting on like the techno beats. <laughs> nobody great for me, that's, that's when I train clients. So I'm, so I'm kind of like Morgan because I like having two meals. Sometimes I have three, depending on if it's a high day, then I have, I still train around 12 or one, but I'll, I'll just, I'll push it back one hour and have an extra meal kind of a thing for high days, which is chest and back days. But then other than that, two meals and I'm good to go. And then, you know, like some days I need pre, some days I don't. Um, I feel like high days I do because it's like it's more carbs before the workout. So I'm a little bit more, I guess, tired at that point. But yeah, like then for me anyways, the rest of the day, I find it much easier to eat the meals uh, after I train. So like once I train, I'm like fucking ravenous for the rest of the day. Like I could probably eat like five or six meals after that and have no problem with that. So that's why I started doing seven meals and I, I don't know, my weight started dropping again. So it's weird, but yeah, it's weird. I, I did, I did seven meals for a little while there and I wasn't gaining any weight. I dropped it back down to six now. And, uh, you know, I've been maintaining, yeah. you know, between two two fifty six and two sixty, which is the heavier, the biggest I've ever been in my life. So, whoa, so do you, wait, wait, do you, I don't understand this. How did you guys drop a meal? No, hold on. Started dropping weight. Yes, that's- I, I added a seventh meal, and I I don't know why I just wasn't gaining any weight, and it wasn't like a big meal. It was just it was an extra you know three hundred calories or so, you know. But hmm. did you drop calories from your other meals? That's the only no. logical explanation here. No, no I don't know if I was just more active throughout the day. Like I was getting up earlier and getting my first oh, meal in earlier. Okay, okay, Maybe okay. I was more active because of that. I don't know, but how uh, long were you doing the seven meals before you pulled it back? A couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So I, I found with me, like anytime I increase food, I'll I'll lose weight. Like in like usually the first like week. And then it always takes like a bit of time for my body to like kind of catch up with it. And then usually mm. I'll start gaining weight after a while and everything will kind of slow down a little bit. But mm. 
I'm kind of trying to maintain where I'm at right now anyways for a little while just to like I'm finally feeling really comfortable at this weight so that's like key. that's a key I guy. know like maybe maybe in a few weeks I'll start trying to push it up to 265 270 eventually but you know then I don't know if I'm going to get back down to 212 <laughs> yeah <laughs> just go open bro come on that'll be so cool hey, hey Sean Sarita hey, Sean Sarita hey, hold on hold on can I say I one? hold on can I say one one thing though it was hilarious when when we were training uh down to Florida and your wife because we were talking about going open for you right and your wife's like no <laughs> <laughs> well so the funny thing was she's she's looking at me and she's looking at you and Joel and she's like you're really big but their thickness is just on a different level no but you're thick <laughs> and i'm like i agree I'm, I'm like standing there with you guys and i'm like you know proportionate wise i don't feel too far off but the thickness and density that you and joel had compared to where i was at joe seaman she bro she joel. she was um, just she was just worried that you were gonna eat her at a house at home man like <laughs> yeah she's like, holy too. crap this guy eats a lot now like if he's gonna be like <laughs> fucking 240 on stage the guy's gonna go broke <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's, there's no, I, I wonder, like, I think there's some people that, that require so much food that I don't think opens even in the question for them. I'm sure there's some classic and 212 competitors that just can't yeah. eat. Phys physiologically, it's fucking impossible to shove that much food in. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jamie's, I know. A good, Jamie's a good example, man, because like he fucking, so it's funny and I wish he was here. He's going to come on for a future podcast, but when we were at the Puerto Rico, someone was like, Hey, are you in classic? And he's like, and I was like, dude, oh, I was like, that's like probably the worst brutal. thing you could ever ask a pro bodybuilder. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but like, honestly, it's just cause like in clothes, he's like fucking tall, but he's not like, you know, filled out yet. But how much food does this guy need to eat to fill out a frame like that? You know, I yeah. think there's like, I don't know, man, like he's got to just fucking put it like, that's his job right now. Just eating 24 yeah. seven. That's his job. Yeah, well, I don't have to grow, and I'm six foot right? two. He's like yeah. six five, so fuck. yeah. And and that's the other thing too, is because I wanted to talk about training too, and I think probably a big mistake that people make is training too much. I know I felt I've fallen into that way too many times. Like I'll overtrain, mm -hmm. and you posted Mo about deloads, and I'm like, dude, I haven't ever done a deload. The only time I ever deload is when I fucking get sick, and I feel like this week I got sick, and I'm like, I should have just like chilled you know a couple days but i didn't so what do you guys think about like deloads and how do you schedule them in well for me this one was like just perfect timing because it was kind of forced in a way because i had to get a tooth pulled on tuesday and i knew i wouldn't be able to train like hard for four five days after so like the dentist even told me because i was like okay when can i lift and he was like well probably after two days for most people but he was like but looking at you he was like you should probably wait like four or five days for sure mm. <laughs> yeah. um so but like it's kind of funny because like my whole prep like my body felt amazing like didn't feel an ache or a pain the whole time about like the like three or four weeks post show like my bicep tendon started killing me my knees started hurting me like everything just started catching back up to me so like my body was obviously telling me like you know and i hadn't taken more than one day off like i would normally since the show so i was just like man you know what like this is perfect timing to just like really relax like pull back on i had to pull back on the food too because i couldn't get any meat so like literally up until today i was only eating egg whites and protein powder and shrimp for protein because it's all i can like get down uh so i'm back in my, my normal diet today because i'm going to train tomorrow uh but yeah it just seemed like a good time like to do it you know what i mean like 
so I was kind of fortunate in that way, but like typically I would probably take a deload, like where I would take anywhere from like five to seven days off in a row. Uh, I would say like every four to five months, man. So what's but this deload look like? You just don't train at yeah, all. That, that, that's the thing, right? Cause it, okay. I know people talk about deloads and they're like, you're going to go in there and lift 50% of the, like, fuck that. <laughs> that's I'm not going I'm in there up. if I'm not fucking training. Like, yeah, I felt, I've told myself so many times I was going to do a deload and then I get in the gym and I'm like, well, it's, it's actually feeling pretty good today. Well, we can go a little heavier. And I'm like, Oh, well, that feels pretty good. I can go a little heavier. And next thing you know, I'm going all out again. And I was like, I never got a deload, but like, exactly. I always said, you know, if you don't really know when to take a deload, judge it off of just your performance in the gym. Like yeah, if yeah. you're, you hit a wall or you actually start going backwards a little bit, you know, you take a, a deload week or a whole week where you're not really training, you kind of come back and you're probably going to be stronger and start pushing past those plateaus at that point. Well, too, man, like if it's body feedback, right? Like if you're working out for a week, like say if you've been training for like, you know, three or four months straight and then you hit a week where like you can barely get a pump, like, you know, your joints are starting to hurt you and you're not like really making any progression in your workouts, then it's like, you should just take a week off and rest because your training is not even productive. And this whole, I can't, I can't even believe this is a thing. This whole, like go train at 50%, like for like a D load, like yeah. you're really, you're just hindering your recovery by doing that. And like, why would you want to train if you're not training to improve? You, you know what I mean? Like exactly. it's obviously very hard for us to stay at the gym. Like this last four days for me has like genuinely sucked like not training like it just doesn't feel right i don't feel like eating any food like you got to deal with that like all that mental stuff but you just got to keep reminding yourself that how good you're going to feel when you do get back in and not only like for me it's not only like a physical break but like i'm like frothing at the mouth to get back in the gym now so yeah. it's like I, like I know when i get back in i'm gonna be super motivated like i want to have good sessions and shit like that because that's the other thing too like when your body's getting more down like you're mentally getting more down too like like because we all know it sucks going into the gym and you start warming up to do chest and your fucking shoulders killing or like, Dude, you know, that, that's like, such a good point. And it, it makes me feel like the way that I like know in my body is if I'm like anxious and like ready to fucking, like if I'm rip roaring, ready to go anxious as fuck to go train, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's going to be fucking good. But if I'm like fucking it, it's like hurting me to like lift myself out of a chair that day. It's like, that should probably be a fucking rest day. But usually I'll just be like, let's fucking go anyways. You know, like I got to get it done, but you know, your job as a bodybuilder, like this is for like anybody who wants to like improve their body too. Right. You don't need to be a competitive bodybuilder to understand this fact that if you're not ready to train, you can't improve in that training session. Right. So being well, man, more aware of your body is fucking the most important thing ever. I think. Yeah. I think like Dorian Yates is like an excellent example. Cause like he talks about so much still about like literally like the more advanced he got in his career, like the less he trained and like the more he focused on recovery. Like he was down to training like four times a week, for like 45 minutes, like at his like absolute peak. But it's like, we all forget that. Like, like we like think we're special or something and we can all train like five, six days a week, like nonstop for a year. Exactly. And the results. It's like, you know, we know that recovery is the key. Like we know that when we rest is when we grow, but like it's for some reason, like we still fight that. Like, I mean, I guess it comes down to our love and passion for training, but that's like where the discipline of being a professional comes in, you know, yep. is to be like, I should, like, it's going to be more beneficial for me to sit on my ass today than it is to go in and train. Right. You got to kind of reprogram yourself in a way, I guess. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like following, following the protocol too, right. It's like, 
and having discussions with your coach too. And, you know, having a coach is important for this as well, because someone more experienced, like now, if you talk to us now, we know this, but 10 years ago, you know, five years ago, maybe we didn't know this and we hindered ourselves because we just kept training too much. And exactly what you said, Mo, we thought we were special. Like we're the ones, cause I believe that I was like, I can train six days a week forever because I'm a fucking beast, but I probably didn't grow as much as I could have those years. Actually, I'm like 99.9% sure that I would have grown more if I trained four days a week. I'm the same way. I used to train seven days a week. I used to train seven days a week. And I would, I was like, you know what? You know, you're a pussy if you can't do this, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And I got away with it in classic physique, you know, because I didn't, I couldn't put on too much size. I wouldn't make weight. But whenever I started taking two rest days a a week and focusing more on recovery is when I finally started actually growing and putting on real size. And then I had to move up to bodybuilding. Yeah. And I, I have this discussion with new clients like, like every week, like I'll have a guy come to me and he's like, okay, like I, I can't gain muscle. Like this is what I'm doing. And they're always training six or seven days a week. Yeah. And I'm literally just like, okay, that's the first thing we're changing, like down to five days. And they're like, Oh no, man, like, you know, I like training six, seven, seven days a week. Like I don't need rest days. I'm like, this is literally the reason you aren't growing. I'm yeah. like, you're, you're just, you're not giving your body time. I'm like, and, exactly. and I also remind them, I'm like, and dude, I can't train six or seven days a week. And the reason that you can is because you don't train hard enough when you're at the gym. Exactly. Right. Yep, right. exactly. And, it, and it'll catch up to you too. Like you think you can do it for a while, but not only are you hindering your progress, but you're probably building up small injuries too, because you're just yeah. not giving your body a rest. And eventually- when, yeah. when you meet someone who trains harder than you and you train together, your body's just going to fucking crumble because you're not going to be, you're going to be so used to doing your 50% workouts because that would be like a deload for some people. But most people are training at like 50% if you're training seven days a week. You know, like I've, I've written I, I think you can push yourself. Like J- Jason, like if you're training seven days a week, I bet you can push yourself mentally to train like fucking balls to the wall every time. But eventually your body will just be like starting to regress. It'll just get to a point where the recovery is, just not happening anymore and you're digging that hole too far right there were there were times in prep where i was training uh seven days a week and probably four of those days were training twice a day crazy this is my next thing that i have to ask just because you brought this up like this kind of surprises me because you even get this from like some high level coaches these days and it's like they're allowing their guys to train like in replacing cardio like, you know what I mean? They're like, they're like, oh, you can go train. Well, we won't do cardio. Just go train uh, twice a day. Well, but make the clarification. That's during prep, right? Not yeah. off season. Yeah, yeah, during prep. Like, that, that, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. That's a Chris Aceto thing, right? Right, uh, Jason? Uh, he's never done that with me, but I've heard that he's had, uh, or that's I don't know if it was vegan. him specifically, but I know he's had, I think Sergio was doing that, actually. But um, yeah. he wasn't. Maybe he should be repealed either. So, I mean, he looked good. He looked better in uh, at the Legion than he did at the Arnold. But I think he wasn't doing much. He was doing a little bit of cardio still. But I think to hold back on like a second session of cardio is more training. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Maybe it wasn't Sergio. But it was definitely somebody recently that uh, was doing a second training session instead of cardio. How like, can uh, anybody think that you can replace weight, like cardio with weight training? Like it's Exactly. Like, I agree. It's completely fucking man. different. So right. the cardio is to just increase your calorie deficit. Like that's it. And it's not going to beat the shit out of your body because guys like us are just walking on the treadmill or something to do that. Right. Exactly. We have enough <laughs> muscle where we can actually burn calories doing that. But like to it's go that- train another body part, like, and like beat yourself up and like hinder your recovery 
like that's going to affect like your fullness, like how much fullness you're holding. It's going to, yep. you know, it's not going to have the same cardio effect that cardio would have. Yeah, yeah. It seems so kind well, of. And you saw Milos was having Regan train twice a day, but he was still doing two 45 minute cardio sessions as well. Yeah. You know? And I, I sort of think that was like kind of like more of a special case too, right? Because they were like. But he had two well, weeks to really peel up, pull him yeah, down. Yeah. It was like they knew what they were doing for that two weeks. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't like a common theme throughout the whole prep. It's not exactly. sustainable either. Like, something like that. Oh, like, yeah. Obviously, right? Yeah. It's not sustainable. But no, I think having the balance of the cardio session and the weight training is really important. And you just, like in an off season, maybe it's like 80, 20, where your weight training is, is your main focus, but you're still getting the cardio in. Right. And then on prep, it just, the ratio changes a little bit, you know, that's kind of yeah. all, you know, and, you know, I think in special cases, you can use high intensity cardio. Like for example, if someone, um, if their legs get like really stringy on, um, like, let's say you're giving someone Stairmaster and their legs start getting stringy, give them a fucking break from that and just make them do like Wingate sprints on a bike just for a change, just to make the adaptation so that their legs hold more muscle, right? Like it's Wingate sprints and sprinters that do that. It's very visible that they have massive fucking thighs, right? So that sprinting action is helping your body to create the adaptation of not breaking down, but like keeping that muscle and then do that for a while and then put them back on the stairs. And I guarantee their legs will be better. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I got a bunch of questions. You guys want to get into some of the viewer questions? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got, I got some too. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I'll start because I so I've been I have I've asked this on like a bunch of podcasts cool. uh, and and I get a reply, but it's never like the answer that I intend to get back. Uh, basically, what I'm wondering about, like to you guys, like do you guys think that you can improve muscle separation through like different training techniques, like on an already developed physique? Because like the answers I keep getting back are like the guys are like, oh, just get fucking leaner or, oh, you got to get bigger to get muscle separation. Like I'm talking about, cause like this year, for example, like we've seen some really high level guys compete who are in no doubt in condition on stage. Right. But they're just lacking muscle separation. Like, you know, I see it a lot in the quads and I see it in, the, in some of these guys like back lat spread and stuff like that. So I'm just like wondering, like, what do you guys think? Like, do you guys think there's a way to train to bring out more muscle separation on an already really developed physique? Or is that like just like a genetic thing or? Is it so, a maturity thing? I think it's a maturity thing too. The first thing that came to my head, I recently just saw, I think it was uh, This Is Bodybuilding Podcast or whatever was talking about the same question. That was me. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, was that your question? That was my question, yeah. Okay, so Ron, yeah, Ron Partlow said get bigger, right? Yeah. And the first thing that came to my head was, you really think Hassan needs to get bigger to bring out more <laughs> separation? These are the guys I'm talking about. These are the guys. I don't think, yeah, I don't think you need to get any bigger to bring out that separation, but muscle maturity, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then getting leaner. And I also think stretching and uh like getting like tissue work done and stuff like that. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think um I think isometric contractions are the key and doing like a lot of like posing because the more the more that you pose that muscle and really flex it maximally this is a funny analogy but i think of it like wringing out a towel you know and the more you're able to like wring it out and really like fucking crisp and dry it out that brings out separation that brings out cross striations because if i don't do that on a prep i don't have cross striations in my quads but if i do that shit like crazy like a fucking animal just always like trying to make my quads cramp and just flexing them and like same thing for the triceps think you know like certain muscles are different obviously like 
you know, you can do it like on your glutes, you can do it like on your quads, you can do your triceps, biceps, they don't really, they kind of just, they peak more. I feel like the more you flex them and hold them, you can like separate more between like the bicep and the tricep, you know, delts, you know, you can do like most musculars, like back double biceps, like all those things and, and just contracting it, like getting the isometric contraction to be like a 10 out of 10. You know, and that I guarantee not just fucking going in there and being like, eh, eh, like it fucking hurts. I agree with that, but I think it's a mix as well, because I think people that are going in there and just doing pump workouts and some people grow really well off of doing, doing these like, and I'm not saying low intensity, like baby stuff, but just using machines and pumping and like going for that feeling rather than lifting some heavy weight and getting that dense, thick muscle fibers. Yeah. You know, no, I, I think that's going to make a difference. You have to, you have to lift extremely heavy because the heavier that you lift, I feel um, it, it creates a denser, more compact feel to the muscle. And I think it's visible too, but also when you, when you have that, you can feel it. Whereas like when you have like a muscle that's not as like crispy and hard and fucking, you know, it just doesn't feel as good as like when your chest is just like, you know, grainy yeah. and like you, you can feel graininess. Like when you're grainy, you can feel it. When you're hard, you can feel it. You know, when you're flat, you can feel it. So I think it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you got to train 100% as heavy as possible for you, you know, for your body, right? And like use those like six to eight rep ranges, explore like slower negatives where you're really like stretching things, be very explosive. I think those principles are like key to building the most amount of muscle. And then when it comes down to getting the separation and detail on stage, then it's like diet, cardio, pushing hard in the gym, all the way until the end. I don't personally agree with what Milos does. That's a whole other topic, but I think that you got to still push at least a couple sets to like an eight. Maybe you don't need, maybe you don't need to go to like six reps, but definitely a hard eight to failure, that kind of shit. That's like heavy and brutal, right? Like that keeps your muscles so the same way that you build it. To go on what you just said, like mixing what you you're talking about with what Milos does. I've kind of just been experimenting the past like two weeks with my training and I'll go in and I'll start with one heavy compound movement, whether it's a dumbbell press on chest or hack squat on quads or, you know, whatever, um, chest supported T-bar rows or something for back. Yep. And then after working up to a heavy set to failure, maybe doing a drop set or a back off set to push it a little harder. Then the rest of my workout was one giant set, three rounds of like five to seven exercises, 10 reps on each. Crazy. And I'm going slower and controlling and really contracting and squeezing deep stretches on things. But dude, it has been brutal. And yeah. I've been so freaking sore because I'm using that first one to really tear down, to get those micro tears and the muscle fibers and everything like that. Yeah. And then the rest of the workout, I'm just, I'm pumping the shit out of it, but you know, by the third, fourth exercise on that giant set, like, even though it's not much weight, I, I'm going about failure. Crazy. Yeah. It's been an experiment, but it's, it's yeah. been killer the past couple weeks. It, it makes a lot of sense. Cause you're, you're doing like the, the heaviest, like most central nervous system fatiguing stuff at the beginning. And then you're going more isolation after, which I think is like, that's like a pretty classic, like that's a good approach, a very good approach. And it's weird because I'm doing things like almost opposite, just thinking about it now. Because <laughs> like for my leg day yesterday, it's like uh, we did like a like kind of like a glute kind of circuit to like warm up. We did lunges and like 
some glutes and like some hamstrings and stuff like that. And then we went into like leg extensions, leg curls until we were like really, really pumped. Then we did like heavier sets. Like we did, then we did like, you know, we went up like pretty heavy, like maybe five plates, things like that, but we didn't go um, like as heavy. Like we didn't go like to eight plates cause we were doing supersets the whole time. So it was kind of right. like, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. Like pre-exhaust the smaller muscle groups and then do the compound. I think it, the way I feel about it is it's like, it's an extensive warm up. So it's yeah. like, I warm up like on the turf for like 15, 20 minutes. And then that stuff takes like maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes. And then it's like 30 to 40 minutes of like brutal heavy shit. Supersets though, which is cool. And sometimes more giant sets. And then it's like at the end of that one hour done. And that's so much easier on the joints and the tendons and stuff like that too. That's why you're still exactly pushing those bro. muscles yeah. to failure. Yeah. Like you're still pushing to failure or beyond failure, but yeah, the, the, I've noticed that like big time. Yeah. Like, cause I was getting up to some pretty heavy weight on some things and you know, the joints and the tendons, you start feeling that. So now that I only have one exercise on each day that I'm really pushing the heavy, heavy weight and pushing it to failure and then nothing else is like super heavy. It's just, you know, giant sets and still pushing close to failure, but my joints and my tendons are like relieved. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can speak to the experience of like training over training and getting bad, bad, bad tendinopathy. Um, and like, you know, now my shoulders have some calcification in it. So you want to be careful with your training when you're younger, like everybody thinks that they can go forever for sure. Unless you're a pro and you start getting a good coach, but like if you're just this average lifter and you're trying to lift like heavy every time, it's yeah. going to bite you. Like Robin had said, it's going to bite you in the ass after like months of doing it. Oh, for sure. And Years I think, of doing it will definitely bite you in the ass. And, and we got a little bit off topic there from like the original question. But like last thing about that, I feel is like, you know, it's just um, it's important to like learn your body as you go. And like, you know, you can train like Jason, do heavy stuff first. You can train like me, do heavy stuff last whatever you want, man. Like, you know, it's, it's all going to get you there, right? Like you don't need to obsess about one way is the best. The other way is the best. Just do it and make, make progress with it. You know, like that's it. Just whatever, whatever your training style is, make progress with it. You're going to get there. Yep. hundred percent though. To answer that question, maturity, I think is key. Yeah. Muscle maturity. Yeah. Everything. Let me, grab, let me grab my phone. Do you guys want to grab another question? I'm gonna yeah. Let's questions. grab another question. Um, actually, well, I got another question that's kind of, yeah on the same topic yeah um, do you guys think that like guys that grow too fast that that can have an effect on like muscle separation i guess that kind of goes back to muscle maturity right like you guys got like like younger guys like hassan who blew up like super fast and then mm -hmm. obviously they had these like huge well-developed muscles but they lack like hardness and separation too so it's a good question i don't know the answer to it because i feel like i've never experienced that like mine my progress was kind of slow and steady over like 10, 12 years. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. But then, like, but they, like, exactly. So, when I'm saying that, like, I'm thinking about like Hassan, but then I think of like Nick Walker. <laughs> yeah. True. Like, yeah. Well, shit. Well, <laughs> you know. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, it must I mean, be like, it must be like obviously genetics are going to come into play. Genetics, training, and I guess like how much you pose because, because I swear that's the big difference between those two guys, man. 
They're both big motherfuckers. They have everything. It's just that Nick puts in so much time on posing, man. Yeah, I didn't even – we didn't even mention that with the the original question with the separation. But look at the guys, you know, back in the 90s and stuff like that. Like, they would pose and pose and pose after every workout. That's right. cardio. That's what I was alluding to about isometric contractions, right? It's like that's what posing is, right? And I think – like for me anyways, I'm noticing more definition now in the off season just from doing one posing session a week. So imagine doing it every day. I can speak yeah. for that on my last prep too. Like I did more, I posed for over half an hour every single day before now. For sure. That's, <laughs> what, that's, that's why you're a pro now because you fucking put in that work, you yeah. know, and that, that's what separated you. And it's fucking, that's yeah. it, man. It's, it's like how bad you want it. Because that's, that's the worst part, I swear. That is actually the most brutal part of bodybuilding is fucking looking at yourself and just flexing it. <laughs> looking at yourself in the mirror and flexing and hating everything you see but until you get it right and then finally when you get it right you're like okay i can oh, actually fucking it's so here. funny the way you said that too because i was literally posing uh taking some pictures like yesterday or the day before in the gym and uh, my training partner's like he was standing in front of the mirror so i couldn't see myself so i'm like shit i hope i'm hitting these poses right i can't see myself in the mirror and then he shows them to me like I hit these way better than when I can see myself in the mirror. Cause like when I see myself, I'm like, Oh, I don't like the way that's looking. And I try and tweak it and I mess something else up. I'm like, it was better not being able to see myself. Cause then I'm not trying to fix one little thing that's wrong here and there, you know, it was so funny, but I think that's the opposite of most people. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, like I would, it was my side tricep, this whole prep. Like I'd be practicing in the mirror. I do like three rounds, perfect side tricep every time. Then I take a video and I'd, I'd be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It feels the same, but it looks so much different. So that was one pose to me. That was me yeah. with the front lat spread. I, I think oh, I, I don't realize it until somebody tells me. And then I see it and it cues me. Because like my back pose, Robin kept telling me to put my chest up. Like last time, last this prep. And, and I, didn't, I didn't understand what that was doing. So I think it didn't register. Like until I saw it. Because the pure, pure muscle uh, mirrors... They're like back to back, right? So then I saw when I put my chest up, like all the striations that came out in the lines. And once you see it, then it hits you. And then you're like, shit, this is what I got to do. Because without seeing it, it's like seeing is believing. You know what I mean? I think that's that's the whole premise behind it. Because unless you see it, you, you, you're just not doing it because you don't think yeah. it's going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. All right, No, I go back to the thing. Like we only, we were only talking about like, for a little bit and you're, you improved a lot, man. Like, we posed for like fucking probably like 20 minutes total and you look completely different after. Just want to interrupt the podcast to say thank you to our sponsors, Helix Labs and GorillaWare. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, check us out on Spotify, and most importantly, use our code BEEF20 at GorillaWareCanada.com, HelixOnline.com. Thank you guys so much. Back to the episode. I know. I wish I would have. Yeah. You, you know what? I think posing, you should definitely get a posing coach all the time. Yeah. Like even pros, I ask pros and they're like, no, we, we just do our own pros, posing. And I'm surprised yeah. they don't get posing well, coaches. That's like when Robin came down to Florida and we put on a posing seminar. I thought Robin was going to come help us put people through poses. And he was a few weeks out from a show or whatever. And he just jumped in and started posing with all the amateurs <laughs> and stuff. And he was posing harder than everyone. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, and there's like, it's zero, you know, there, there's just complete humility, you know, just go in there and like, 
dude because that's i figured like i'm here to work just like everyone else you know that's it exactly i I I felt like pressed at that point i'm like you know it's it's more like lead by example because i want to show these guys like when you're actually on stage like you don't fucking let it go at all so i'm like okay so let's do this so i'm just gonna try to do that and like you know and like other people will kind of like learn by by watching like okay like even when i'm tired you know, he's not stopping. So that's what I got to do. And, and hopefully it helped a couple people. Right. Cause maybe oh, not everybody. my client was, I had yeah. a client posing right next to you. Remember? And he, dude, you, you really have motivated the hell out of him. hundred percent. Yeah. I remember him and he's looking really good, man. So, but yeah. Oh man. Honestly, like, um, like that posing room, uh, Paul at pure muscle is awesome. And I've been posing there and Mo, when you come down, you're going to train, uh, train with us and pose with Antoine and bro, it's going to be amazing, man. Cause it's just like having that person there really like fucking you up. You know what I mean? Like you're going to go in there some days and just like hate yourself. Cause you're like, how did I not like do this correctly? And now it's like so much better. But then when you're done, you're like, okay, I, this is cool. Like I'm, I'm seeing my body improve. And then like my training and my diet, it makes sense again. You know, like just, it's a good reminder for the off season. It's like, a reality check sometimes you know yeah for sure yeah that's something i plan on doing a lot this offseason that i've never done before is keep keep my posing practice up because well yeah. i feel like just being a pro now right it's just part of the deal it's like you can never stop working dude on this after like a couple of weeks like you know how you're saying like um like four to six weeks after a show you start getting like joint pains and stuff too i think a lot of that's related to the posing because the posing i feel like keeps your joints aligned into those Right. Mm. Cause if you don't pose and you're, and you really, you don't have that like external rotation in your humerus, all of a sudden you go and you try to hit a pose after you add a couple pounds of muscle, it's like, what the fuck? And you're going to hurt yourself or you're oh, going to yeah. just, you're going to be putting like more strain than necessary. So what you notice with a couple weeks into a prep when you're having to send check-in pictures all the time, like by two, three weeks in every pose feels so much better trying to hit every pose when you haven't been doing it. Maybe you, maybe you were doing it you know, once every, once or twice, every couple of weeks in the off season. But when you, that's what I love about working with Chris Aceto. He makes you send pictures almost every day. Yeah. So that's, I have to post good. every morning. I saw a podcast he was on and he said like the reason that he gets most guys to do that is just so he knows that they've done their poses like at least once that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? well, and I, I, I like to look at the pictures. <laughs> oh, I'm no. Cause 99% of the time his response is look good. Picks tomorrow. That's 99% of the comments. He'll just he'll text you back. He'll be like, he'll be like, better today, picks tomorrow. And it then maybe like every you know fourth or fifth day, the diet might change for a, a little bit or something like that. But majority of the time, that's all he says. Awesome, picks tomorrow. You know, it's like, all right. That, that's actually good though, because that's like really keeping you accountable. Like every day, that is a habit now. You know, yeah. Like once yeah. a, once a week, like you could skip a week, and then it's been two weeks, and that's like, you know, you've missed a lot in two weeks, right? If you're not being accountable to your coach or to yourself, the posing coach though, having that, it's like that will like change like the present. Like right now, I'm going to improve so much in my ability to like have stamina on stage and like just look better. I think it's you got to have that. You got to have a personal trainer. Honestly, like Jason, I would think probably the best thing that you could do is just get someone to like train you in the gym for like a couple sessions, man. Cause I've done that like with a couple different guys and it's really helped me find my style. Cause I've trained with one guy. I'm like, Nope, that's not my style. Not at all. Right. I train with someone else. I'm like, this is more like it. And then I put it together for myself. And it's like, it's similar to what I used to do, but it's different. Cause it's evolved. 
Yeah, there's not really anyone in my area, but I'm not too far from like Tampa and stuff like yeah. that. I could go train with, you know, people in Tampa. I could go a couple hours south and, you know, you're down there. Ian and all of them are down there now, yep. just a couple hours from me. <laughs> I, I could put you in touch with someone at MI40 who's like really fucking good to train with. Or man, like if you do the Toronto Pro and you come up here, because, right? If I'm allowed stay, to come stay to Canada, up here and just train I don't know what, muscle. The, I don't know what yeah. the rules are these days. You, you guys come here. We can't go there. Yeah. Unless by plane. Yeah. I think we should all do the Toronto Pro in 2023. What do you guys think? Uh, 2023? Yeah. Ooh. That's a J- Jason's going to do his open debut there. <laughs> I, might do my open, I, might, awesome. I might do my open debut in July, actually. Damn. Wow, they nice. added open bodybuilding to the Orlando Europa yeah. this year. You got to, okay, you got to let us know, like, what the date is, like, when you decide. And we'll come July down. 2nd, so we'll see. Oh, shit, it's going fast. Yeah. Okay. I'll go to Florida. No, no. Yeah. We'll, we'll, come, we'll come down then. Yeah, we'll come down. I, that'd, be, okay. I, that'd be awesome, dude. I, yeah. I mean, because it's only, it's it's going to be in the same place as the Olympia was. Yeah. No, because we, we wanted to get together last time and train, like, you know, Sarah and I, we wanted to come stay at your place because I, I was too close to fucking a show. And I'm like, you know yeah. what? It's just going to stress me out, like just driving too much. But in the off season, no problem. Like we could come down like for the weekend, right? Dude, if I, if I do one of those shows, come down like a week before the show and make me, and make me pose like fucking crazy. For, 100%. Uh, that okay, last so week. If you're like, yo, 100%, I, you're going to do it 100%, then let us know and I'll book my tickets. I'll look it up yeah. and I'll see, like, I'll, I want to see what other dates are, what other shows are around there. Because I think if that's July 2nd, like, if I did the open there, say I completely get my ass just handed to me or whatever, I just do, don't belong there yet. Dude, I, have I, think, a month, I, can, I think you'll do well. I, I, have, I have a month to pull down to 212 for Tampa Pro. Yeah. Nice. I mean, Sweet. Sean just won the open. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like. Yeah, dude, I, think totally I think that's what matters. That's that's the uh, that's the signal. That's, saying, right? Yeah, that's right. I just I have to get it out of my head and not think about size at all and just come in as peeled to the bone as possible. Yeah, because yeah, if you're like more free, peeled, yeah. yeah, you look more dense than those guys. Right, Sean yeah. said the president. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta imagine Chunk Kamita holds a lot of mass on that frame. Oh yeah, he um, does for sure. That guy. Well, then think about it. That guy is five foot two. And he's been training for 20 fucking years. <laughs> like, yeah. and, <laughs> like how much, you know, like, like that's a he's lot pressing, of propensity. On he's pressing dumbbells time. that are each bigger, heavier than he is. <laughs> he's, he's pressing 180 pound dumbbells. Guys, he's, he's, at he's at a different level. Man. Yeah. 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 But, but no, man, like, I think you could do really well in the open. Like either, either way, like you can do well either way. It just depends on like what, what the look is, I guess you want to go for. Right. Yeah, let's. Well, we'll just see. I'll just have to kind of really play it as I get leaner and just see how I'm looking because I, I think this is the best. Say, I would say this is the best shape I've ever been in at this this heavy. So, yeah, I would just say the most important thing for you is like just take sides like completely out of your head, like when yeah. you get when you get into prep for that show, and just like solely focus on condition, and that'll yeah. be your best bet, right? Because if, if you're worried about like coming in bigger to match up with these bigger guys, it's like you're trying to play the you're just not playing the right game, right? Yeah, no. I think every prep should be like that, honestly, because you, yeah, you just, right. at that point, like, that is your goal, you know? So the way that I'm kind of thinking about it now is, like, I want to I want to be really, really, really big 
so that when I do my prep, I don't have to worry about being big. I can just worry about getting shredded, you know? Yeah. The so off seasons for massive. Yeah. 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 And the rest is for that. getting okay. dialed in. That's right. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that philosophy. I got a question kind of on that topic. If you guys want to. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. I got, a, I got a bunch of questions. Uh, what's what's <laughs> the next to, question you got? Do you want to go first? No, man, you go for it. Okay. Um, do you, guys, you guys know Mark Berger? Yep. Yeah, I got to ask Mark's question. So well, he, he, asked, he asked me how excited am I for my pro debut? And then he also asked you guys uh, how nervous you guys were for your pro debut. Okay, well, I'll I kind of rushed into mine. I'll, I'll, I'll go first just because my first, my pro debut was the same night I went pro. <laughs> I, I didn't rush uh, that much. So yeah. I, basically, I basically had no nerves. I actually didn't even really like take it in. I felt like I was just kind of like, a spirit floating there is really weird. Um, and then the next, like the next year was my actual like pro debut and it was a New York pro. So I was shitting my pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I so I turned pro uh, junior USA's and then a month later was Chicago pro. So, and I turned pro in classic. So like I was allowed to weigh 10 pounds heavier as, once, as soon as I turned pro. And I was so depleted to make weight for as an amateur i just filled out went straight into it and i mean it was kind of it was I, I would say i was really nervous i don't know i was just kind of excited and i ended up like tying for last but i look at the pictures and honestly like it was i think it was just one of those things where there were so many guys on stage where a lot of people just got overlooked and I don't think I could have won the show, but I think I could have been a top 10 guy Like looking at my physique at the time. So I don't know. I just kind of enjoyed the whole process. I didn't really get nervous about it or anything. It was just cool meeting all the guys backstage. But at the same time, Classic was so new. There weren't like any legends of the sport that you were like getting to meet backstage that if you looked up to the whole time, you know, you were training because yeah, there I were no like staple names in Classic yet. Yeah, and I think that's like what it would do for me. Like, and, and I guess, like you said, Jason, like there was no classic guys thing because it was just starting. But like, like Robin, like, what about you? Like, was it like, like, like what was that feeling like? Like, was it kind of surreal being backstage? Like, like at a viewer pro, for example. Like, and yeah, seeing like, you guys that like you looked up to for so long and followed, and like now all of a sudden you're standing next to them, right? It, you know what? It was it was actually a really cool experience because I just for my first you know year as a pro, like I didn't have any like delusions of grandeur like i'm gonna be like some like winning like first pro show and stuff i didn't believe that was gonna happen for myself i really just believed that i would get like a top six so that's kind of what i rolled with and i'm like okay cool and i just like i had like a buddy who came and like we filmed the whole weekend and like that was pretty cool so i have like a good memory of it and stuff the only thing that kind of like fucked me up was near the end like my coach was supposed to be there and then he like made an excuse and, and didn't come and then like it was hard to get a hold of him kind of like the last couple like like the last day, like leading into it, like last couple hours, I was kind of stressed about that. Like, oh, he's not responding. And then he was like telling me to do some weird shit. That that's what kind of like fucked my experience. And I, I was really nervous on stage and butchered my routine because I had practiced that routine and I did it for a guest pose. And I thought it was, was that brilliant. the gorilla? That's the gorilla one. And I was <laughs> like, I'm like, this fucking routine is brilliant. Cause it was like, it had like, you know, it was very dynamic and it had like some like uh, different parts to it and I'm like you know what it's gonna fucking blow them away but I literally was so nervous that like I just went 
I was like just watching myself basically from the crowd. I'm like, whoa, this is wrong. And then it was over and then that's it. And I'm like, oh, well, like, I guess I'll just try again, you know, next time. And then I did Toronto Pro. I did a completely better routine. I felt like I redeemed myself there. Um, but I was really disappointed with my placing because I was um, kind of like doing it myself at that point. I kind of talked to my coach and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do Toronto Pro by myself. Um, and then immediately like, you know, kind of going, I kind of went like overboard. Like, I'm like, I'm just going to get shredded. I was already shredded, but he told me to eat like cherry pie filling and stuff like that. It really bloated me. So on stage at the New York pro, uh, my proportions were way off, you know, cause I feel like I'm pretty aesthetic, but when my stomach is bloated because I have a wider waist, it just like the vacuum doesn't look good and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, Toronto pro, I, I overcompensated. So I took a little extra diuretics um well, a lot extra and I just dried out and I was basically going on stage like walking beef jerky right and like I could just feel I could feel like we were talking about before like the feeling of like how flat I was I'm like whoa I don't even like I don't even belong on the stage right now like this is like the size that I brought to win my pro show not the size that I want to bring to win the pro show like you know what I mean so yeah. I'm like fuck this is and my confidence went down the drain and I'm like okay and then that affected me, honestly, like into 2020. Um, and now I only feel like now after my last showing, which I was pretty happy about that showing, um, that I have potential. Because I talked to the head judge, which I didn't do in my previous shows, because I was just like so defeated. I'm like, I can't even, I'm like fucking walking off stage, like fucking hanging my head, right? Like a bitch. Um, this time I'm like, I don't give a shit what happens. I'm going to go talk to this guy and I'm going to get some information. And so I have a clear cut goal and what to focus on. That's what I did. And now I feel much better about it. So Dude, that's another thing like that, that why I felt a little more comfortable going into my pro debut is when I got my pro card, that was the first thing I do is talk to the judges. And they're like, look, if you can bring that same conditioning to your pro debut, you're going to do just fine. And I was still coaching myself at the time too. So it's not like I had any of that stress and drama of like worrying about what my coach was going to throw at me or respond to me or anything like that. So like, I just kind of, I went off what the judges said and I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to come in pretty much the same look, but a little fuller and, you know, see what happens. See how I, I and my pro thought process was just, I want to see what I look like next to the other pros and know what I need to improve. Okay. Yeah. yeah cool. Uh, yeah. And for me, I guess, um, making my pro debut. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it whenever it's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's all I think about every day, basically, but I'm nervous. I think I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. I'm nervous, like about the work that I know I have to put in. <laughs> like, if that makes sense. Like, like I, like I know what I'm about to do because like, I just know myself and like, I'm just gonna do whatever it takes like to get to where I want to be. So like, I'm kind of thinking about lately, like, you know, the amount of food I'm going to be eating, like how I'm going to have to train and the amount of posing I'm going to have to do to like work until I like, you know, that's what I'm gonna have to do until I feel ready to step on a pro stage. So that scares the shit out of me. Dude, <laughs> honestly, like, how much it's going to take out of me. I'll tell you, like, I think, like, it's really important that you surround yourself with people that are doing the same thing. And that's why, like I was saying, like, if you come to Pure Muscle, like, that stuff doesn't, it, it truly doesn't feel as difficult because, like, I'll be, like, doing my posing session and, like, you know, well, whatever, like, Aaron Gully comes in after me, right? Like, I don't care if I say his name, obviously. What's up, Aaron? Um, great fucking Canadian pro. He comes in, he's posing right after me. So I'm like... You know, hey, man, like, do you mind if I watch? Like, you know, it's like that kind of shit, right? Where you can just like, you can take in like, again, like a reality check. Like you just, 
in places like that where there's other pros that are not like they support each other. Everybody obviously is a pro. We support each other, but we're also competitive. And that competitiveness is important because it's like, if I'm posing and you're, and Mo and you're there and you're not posing, you're going to be like, what the fuck? I got to pose. This guy's going to outpose me. Right. And then if you can like do it like together, you're like, you have a training partner. Like I was saying, like, let's get some training sessions in, man. Cause then, you know, it's like, this guy's going to fucking try to work harder than me during the session. And we're going to, and we're going to feed off that. And you're gonna get better, right? And you guys know, uh, you know, Dana Baker, right? Hundred yeah. percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a good friend of mine. We were talking last night, and that's one thing. Like we were talking about me, and and you know, I've kind of come come to the conclusion like that's the only thing I'm really missing is like the environment and like having the right people around me because like yeah. where I where I am like in Newfoundland, like there is like people who are into fitness, but like there's just no one really at my level that I can like train with or that is obviously like a professional taking it as serious as I am. And, and I just, and I know that, and I even feel it in my training sessions sometimes. Like, I still have pretty good training sessions by myself. But like you said, man, you got another pro bodybuilder next to you that you guys are both training for the same thing. Like, that competitive instinct takes, like, kicks in, you know, but, but it's competitive in a good way. Like, you know, you're just trying to help each other get better. And, you feed and, off that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. And exactly. Like, and I'm not naive enough to underestimate how important that is. So like, that's why I'm, that's a big reason why I'm coming to Toronto, man, uh, at November, December, because, uh, like I, I kind of just need to put myself in that environment for like a week and just kind of like make sure that it's, it's, I kind of just need to confirm with myself that like, that's where I want to be and, and what I need. Yeah. That's and, smart. And, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be obviously. Uh, and then it's just about making moves from there to get out there with you guys permanently. Right. For sure. man. That's, I feel exactly the same. You know, if I, if my wife's job was, you know, easier for, easier for her to transfer, then yeah, I'd probably be somewhere close, like more like Tampa or something like that, where there is, you know, a big group of pros and like people that are serious about it and living the lifestyle, pushing each other because yep. there's not really anything around me in Daytona. Yeah. Like MI40 would be like a good experience for you too. Right. Yeah. But- I've trained there a couple of times and yeah, it's always, it's always been good. Like, you know, especially like on a weekend where there's when they were having the New York pro there or the Tampa pro and, you know, you got all these other uh, pros in there training and stuff and putting each other through posing and just that being around that energy. is just, just pumps you up even more. Exactly. I think it brings, it brings you out of your comfort zone a little bit, right? It's like, it's like, damn, like there's people here that are better than me and therefore I'm going to oh, yeah. work harder. So it's a That's good feeling too. Like, yeah, I wish like, there were more around me because it's goes back to the old saying, the big fish in a small pond thing. It's like, you know, that's kind of how I feel around here is like, I'd rather be the smaller fish, you know, in the big, in the, in the big pond or surrounded by all these, you know, sharks or whatever that are bigger than me that are making me fight for my life and push harder and, you know, stuff like that. It's nice in Ottawa. We have a, we have a gym here too with Ian Valliere did train and Chris trained and we have Joe Seaman here who's a fairly big pro like a massive guy so it's good to have that environment even in a small town well Ottawa's not a small it's a smaller than Toronto and probably well you know some some mega cities right Um, but it's nice to have that environment but I'm wondering guys like Dorian Yates right and Ronnie Coleman maybe Yates more than Coleman they train alone so how do you no, think that's not true yates initially maybe initially but i think in the end you got to have someone that you know in order to be your best i i can 
I'll put money on it that in order to be your best, you got to have a training partner. You think Yates had a training partner? Bro, there's no way. Because trust me, like <laughs> I trained with, with Antoine, you know, and obviously he's got some fucking massive legs. Because mm-hmm. of the fact that he can do more weight than me on like certain exercises, I had to do that weight. And I feel way better because of it. Whereas like when I trained with someone else who didn't use the same weight, I went down to their level. Similarly, if I'm training by myself, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to put on like eight plates on this motherfucker and go crazy. I'm not going to do that because if I can't lift it at some point, what am I going to do? I'm fucked. So I need to have a training partner, even if it's just like, like half the time it's just my girlfriend. And I'm cool with that because she knows that if I'm failing and I say fucking help, she can just help me a little bit just to finish it. Right. We'll say this without that. Yeah. Without that, you're not going to push. Since one of my clients moved down here from Atlanta just to move down here and train with me, like he, our both of our trainings have just gone to the next level. Like he's yeah. not as strong as me, but he's he's there and he's ready to push just as hard as me. The mentality and is like we, the most. We pushed we he's he's pushed my training to the next level just as much as I have him, just because I have someone there that is he might not be able to do the same weight, but he's the intensity and like the motivation is there and he pushes it just as hard as me and makes me, if I see him even, okay, if we're on the half squat and he gets up to six plates and hits one more rep than he's ever done. Okay. Well I'm at eight plates, but I'm going to try and do the same thing. Oh, you got one more rep than you've ever done. I'm going to go for one more rep than I've ever done too, even though it's 100%. a different weight. It's the intensity that you feed off. It's the mindset that you feed off. If someone's telling you to get fucking five more, you're, immediately you think like holy fuck i can't but then you're like i'm gonna find a way and then eventually you fucking do it right and that's the way to train yeah um okay let's do another question we went off on a tangent there <laughs> can the boys tell us their daily macros i got i got that question too you got that one okay what's your macros at mo i don't fucking know <laughs> i don't know either because no my coach doesn't <laughs> give it to me dorian just gives me the, the diet and i just eat it <laughs> yeah dude that, that's like me too man i run yeah gives me a diet and that's all i worry about i assume i'm getting i would say i'm getting like four to five hundred grams of protein a day i would say i'm getting six to seven hundred carbs a day depending on if i'm training or not yeah. and i would imagine my fats are around 70 to 80 grams because my only fat sources are a little bit of peanut butter and then whatever i get from my meat so i'm probably around the same amount of fat yeah personally um, personally i find I'm pretty it close to the here. same on the protein and carbs yeah um, 350 and probably on protein and about uh, 600 carbs. And then my fats are at least 100, though. I'm a little higher on the fats. Higher on the fats. Okay. Maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need to bring up the fats a bit because Dorian goes pretty low on the fats. And I think now, because I'm, I'm probably getting about seven, 800, depending on if it's a high, high or, or low carb day. Um, I say low carb day. It's like probably 600 grams still. Um, but but the, the fats, right? Because my fats are probably like, 70 to 80 um but actually yeah, maybe i'll check it out and just see if i gotta up them a bit that's that's a good point man because i think the fats can help just to slow things down if you're if you're eating more and you're losing weight maybe you just need more fats right yeah yeah no. and yeah. you know so a lot of people like adding like the oils and stuff like that because it's just so, so easy to digest you know and makes it uh it's a they're healthier fats sometimes too but personally like i switched my chicken breast to chicken thighs okay that added a couple hundred calories right there you know just and i don't feel any more full and it tastes better 
I strongly believe that fat for meat is much better than out of facts, like yep. avocados, oils, and, and peanut butter. I try to avoid nuts, man. Honestly, like I think that almonds, peanuts, like I think there, there's a little bit of allergens in them and they just, just irritate your body just a little bit, like joint pain, just a little bit. I would prefer to have like grass fed beef, have the fats from that. Like, it's just a simple thing of like, if you need a little bit more fat in your diet, it just, for me, I just have like beef and eggs really, or like sometimes salmon it's on sale on prep. Aceto doesn't ever add fats to anything. It's really eh? fats from whole eggs, beef or salmon. Yeah. That's like exactly like how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you get your whole eggs in the morning, probably. And at night. Yeah. Typically it's whole, some whole eggs in the morning. Um, might have like a beef meal pre-workout and then salmon at night or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I do my highest fat meals in the morning and the night, uh, just because like my training is like around the middle of the day. So I just like my like clean protein, clean carbs around my training. Uh, cause I find fats do really slow me down. Like I, I find so like, and, and especially when trying to gain weight, I think a higher fat meal, uh, before bed is probably ideal because it's going to slow down cold digestion of like your protein and your carbs. So you won't get as much of an insulin spike before you go to bed. You'll mm-hmm. simulate the protein a lot slower. So you'll probably, it will kind of last you throughout the night where you're not eating for like eight hours, probably if not longer. Right. So yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I and fucking, I, I, ate a, I ate a butter tart yesterday, but it didn't slow anything down. I woke up starving at like <laughs> 6 a.m. I couldn't go back to bed. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing about cheat meals. If I have a cheat meal before I go to bed, I wake up starving no matter what. Yeah. Why well, is well, yeah, that? Your blood sugar is like sky high. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. After it's eating not. it, it was like meals. Yeah, it fucking definitely is. <laughs> really? Uh, Wednesday night, I dude, yeah, because I'm doing like two burgers, <laughs> large fries, and like, I, I do that too. But you know, bro, you know, honestly, what I think makes the difference is because I do the same thing: two two burgers, bacon burgers, fries, large fries, split with my girlfriend. But she gives me a patty of her hamburger, so it all works out. It's all good. But then we go for like a good <laughs> walk after. Like we walk for like 20 minutes. I think that brings yeah. the blood sugar back down before. And then I eat again, like a, two hours later, and then I go to bed. So it's usually like, I cheat like around meal five. I but think you that, guys, that, that way I, I wake yeah. up and my blood sugar is back down to normal. You're not, you're not eating like, like it's when you eat the high sugar after yeah. that cheat meal too. Like if you have like a blizzard or something. 100%. Yes. be good. Then your blood sugar is fucked. Yeah, 100%. Okay, um, let's do so, it. So just so people know what those macros look like, like that's about 300 grams of rice per meal if you're doing two, oh, three, Hold four. on, hold on. Paul, what, what's your macros? You didn't answer yet. Yeah, it's same, same, like about 700 grams, six yeah. to 700 grams of uh, carbs. Yeah. And then about 60 grams of fat and about 400 grams of protein. Cool. Sounds so I'm good. the high fat guy. <laughs> um, yeah. th- this question is interesting. You got to pick one carb source for the rest of your life. And one protein source, and that's the only thing you can eat. Ooh. What are you guys picking? For the rest of your life. I'm going to go, definitely. like, probably beef and rice. Because I can I eat that. I can eat that. I'm going to go salmon and rice. Salmon and rice? Yeah. I don't know. You're going you're gonna to, like, get, like, fished out after a while, I think. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is, man. I, I you just smell like fish. I just get, I get baked salmon. I think you will smell like fish. You would. <laughs> you're going to smell you like what you fish. would. Your body odor will change. Just you won't like notice because you're, you're out in PEI. No one <laughs> Everyone notice. else you will. You come over to Toronto. We're like, what? Who's that guy? I'm in Newfoundland. I'm in yeah. Newfoundland, not PEI. Big yeah. difference. We're a way bigger island. <laughs> but, but <laughs> um, no, man. Beef, like, listen, I would say beef and rice, but I just have a big, a lot of trouble chewing steak. I, I literally, I'm not a big fan of that at all. Ground beef. Oh. I'll go ground beef. Yeah. 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 Ground beef. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Ground beef. yeah I, I just, I've always loved my salmon and rice meal, man. I, I, I air fry the salmon 
put all oh, the yeah. that is good meal. it's good shit man mixed yeah. up with rice so man okay fuck now i'm thinking like if we can do air fryer then i might do like burger and fries i yeah. might do that for every single <laughs> meal because i love <laughs> that meal in the air fryers yeah. that's what i was trying to think of something that was so versatile like chicken if you say chicken okay well, you can do chicken breast you can do chicken thighs you can do the drumsticks you can do chicken wings that's true like yeah. the, no, it's, chicken, it's chicken, breast and chicken thighs are two different things okay but no hold on it, it, says one, chicken. it only says one protein source so it has to be specific because you can't be like rice cream of rice fucking all that shit it's, it's all like rice though one source if i'm saying if i'm saying chicken I, I can just go buy a whole chicken no you have to That's be specific my protein source. it has to be like chicken thigh only chicken wing only chicken you know whatever you want but yeah, we're it. bodybuilders here. We don't eat whole yeah. chicken. Okay. Yeah. We, we are either eating chicken thighs in the offseason or eating chicken breast in the prep. Like, there's not any point where we're dumbing a whole chicken. So that's that oh, okay. man. <laughs> Why y'all got to make this more difficult? <laughs> it's for the rest of your life. So good luck getting in shape, eating chicken wings and chicken thighs. <laughs> so you gotta I would, go breast. I would legitimately do if it was effective. I would I would make fucking protein pancakes with egg whites, eggs, and oatmeal. Fuck. Now I'm thinking. But I don't sushi. know how effective that I would be. You like sushi, eggs and oats. Sushi. Sushi. I was yeah. thinking eggs and oats is up there. I don't know, yeah. man. Eggs and oats like five, six times a day. Dude, I know I that's know. what I mean. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You can <laughs> eat that hard, all day. Man. Oh, it, 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 it would definitely, it would definitely only last so long. It's gonna suck either way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. It's like my favorite meal of the day. Like I love the, I love having eggs, chicken, and oats for breakfast, and I put berries in the oats. My favorite meal. But if I ate that every time, it's hard because it's like it's two things. So for breakfast, it's perfect because it really like satisfies me in the morning. But then the next couple meals, like throughout the rest of the day, I just want to be like, boom, done, boom, done. Like I don't want to yeah. fucking waste time with that. You can't shit. do oats more than twice a day, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, they, twice they, a day max. Oh, yeah, so you get super bloated. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. but I wonder if that's why we like, I, I don't know. I like breakfast so much as my favorite meal. I would say breakfast is my favorite meal. So when I'm doing prep, I, I like always want to do breakfast twice. Like I'll do it at the end of the day too, the oats and the, so I wonder if it, you like that so much because you just don't get it enough. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, it's a high, it's a high volume food meal too, right? Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that's Especially on prep, it makes you feel full. Yeah. And, and the way that I feel about it too, is that it's like you, you get, your like main course and then your like little dessert so it's like it's, it's little, like a three course meal little, yeah exactly like you set like up you got, your and you got your plate and you're like ooh, two meals i even make my eggs about, and my egg whites separate you know and then you were asking them out. about me uh my, my loaf that i make when i'm on prep i'll separate the whole eggs and i'll just fry those in the pan and make yeah. the loaf with just the egg whites so exactly. that i have my savory eggs and then my loaf separate that's totally it. exactly yeah, i totally yeah. get that i totally get that yeah, because you try to start satisfying like your your different like cravings. Your sweet like the sweet and your salty. Yeah, the sweet and the salty. Well, and you, you feel have like you have a, a well-rounded meal that way. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're all, we're all on the same page here. <laughs> yep, hundred percent. Okay, uh, you guys want to do one more question or what? Let's hear it. I got time for one more. Um, favorite show you've competed in so far and why? Oh, Canadian Nationals because I love my pro career. It's a good answer, yeah. I would say just the Puerto Rico Pro because it's the heaviest I've ever been on stage by far, and I felt good about it. So, is that from the pictures you posted this morning? Yeah, dude, great look, man. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I was happy with like the conditioning. I just, no, honestly, like I totally agree with what the head judge said. He said I need thicker back and just fill out the frame a bit more. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Let's go. Like it sounds kind of cliche to say this, but like I look at those pictures and I'm like, if he was like a bit more conditioned and like a bit more fuller. 
I like, agree. Yeah. It would be fucking sick. But I, but I think I think the next time you step on stage, that's exactly what you're gonna look like. Exactly. And, and like, that's, 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 that's a good point. Like just nuts. come in bigger, come in shredded. That's it. Yeah. You look complete there. You look I think the best word to describe you is complete. Almost complete. Yeah. I feel like I feel like some shots weren't complete because I lacked some like chest fullness. Um, but that that won't happen again. Chest and back, like it was really just like the 3D effect that I'm missing. Like chest, we're always gonna say that, out here and thickness. <laughs> we're in the always back. flat. True, forever but flat. I'm, yeah, but I'm I'm focused um, on bringing it for the next one. But what about you guys? What what was your favorite show? I'll have to say New York Pro probably. I got second place because um, it was just I mean competing with Bo. You know it, when we both got called out at the end and it was just me and him. You know, being in a, just a two-person call out at the end, knowing that we're like top two, True. it was just like one of those moments. You know, like holy shit, because five that's, weeks earlier I got eleven. That's cool, dude. Because they don't really do like a lot of two-person callouts unless it's that close. So that must yeah. have been like, oh shit, here we oh, go. Well, <laughs> yeah, because he got second place five weeks earlier at Tampa, and I got eleven. And then yeah. five weeks later, I would come in, and nobody was really expecting me to come in like that. And so like. We get first call outs. They put me and him in the middle. We're battling it out, but there was like six of us. And then at the end of it, they called out the other four guys that were in the first call outs. And me and Bo are standing next to it. We're like, dude, I think we're top two. I think that he's like, yeah, maybe that's you and me, bro. You know, (laughs) he's got a super deep voice. But, uh, yeah, and I was like, so we got called out there, and we just had fun with it, you know. And he's he's my friend too, so it's like fun to be up there with a friend. And uh, that's actually I'm going to stay with him this weekend in Nashville. That's sick. But yeah, I think that's that just a fun reason. time. It's another reason for me why Canadian Nashville is my favorite because, like, literally every other show I've done that I've been competitive in, it's come down to me and another guy, and we're posing, like, like doing like five rounds of posing, and then I always got second place. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was like that happened to me and one of the guys, well, the guy I beat, I guess, for my pro card at nationals. Me and Derek, uh, he's from Quebec. We competed at, earlier this year at Atlantics, and I took second to him in the overall. And then we had our rematch at nationals because he came out of the heavyweight class, and uh, and then I I beat him there. So that was kind of like a bit of redemption. <laughs> so that felt good too, and also the fact that like. I, I, this kind of sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm not at all. Again, just because it was like such a different experience for me, but like just to go out for the super heavies and just do one round of posing and be in the middle of the whole time and then get the win. And then the same thing happened to the overall. Like that was just like such a good feeling for me. Like it, oh, yeah. it just felt like all the work I'd done, like I'd actually finally been like rewarded for it, you know? It validates so, it. it. Yeah, it validates, validates exactly. It. Because like, like I said, every other show I had done, like obviously I scratched and clawed my whole way through the prep and then even. T- to the point with to the stage it was doing like battling it out like not knowing like if i was going to win or come second and, and i was kind of yeah. to work, right? so just to finally like nail it and do the job was like literally the best feeling in the world for me well, that I was kind of the, that validation feeling was kind of the same thing i got with that top two in new york because i was like this validates my decision to switch to 212 from classic yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good, like i got the same thing at canadian nationals this year because you know, I was on my way out and I figured I'm, I, I turned 40 and I'm like, I'm going to do a couple master's shows. And, you know, I think that's, that's it for me because like, really, I haven't really made a mark. What's 40 going to be. So I did the national show and uh, in classic, when it came out, I think it was a larger class of eight, maybe, or seven, eight, I'm not sure, but being put first call out in the middle and knowing that I'm either first or second, 
it gives you that feeling of validation because I talked to the judges before and I'm like, I got a long way to go and things to fix. But we corrected some with posing. We corrected some with maybe my presence. I think my presence was a big factor. But when you get that, you kind of know like, okay, there's some validation here. There's some perspective and I can move forward, you know? And I think that means everything when you get that validation. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's safe to say that it's a fucking good feeling when you win. Um, <laughs> but, but even if you don't win, like, you know, Puerto Rico was really, for me, that, that's why I said like that, it was actually really important for me because I feel like, because I missed my peak at one point in the show and then I brought it for the next, I was like really disappointed. And then I was like, okay, then I got validation. So like, and then talking to the head judge and he, when he said like, you know, you could be top five in the show. I was like, cool, cool. Okay. Well, I don't even want that. I just want to win this show now. Cause I'm kind of <laughs> like fucking sick of it at this point, you know, like just trying to claw and scratch. Like that's not how I did it when I was an amateur. So why the fuck would I do it when I'm a pro? Like, it makes no sense. Right. Like, all this, you got to like work your way up and like, you know, pay your dues. Fuck that shit. If you show up ready to win, you win. And that's how it works. It's competition. So I feel like just that shift in mindset that I got from that show made like everything else before it. And up until now, like all worth it. Oh yeah. But, yeah. That's why it's funny. People usually would think that my favorite show would be when I, my first pro win, you know, but you know, I, I, really got more validation and like a better feeling out of the second place I got in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more about redeeming yourself. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously winning was great, but like the fact that like I beat a guy who beat me earlier in the year that I felt like I definitely, like I, you know, Derek's a fantastic bodybuilder, but even when he beat me, it's like, I knew I was a better bodybuilder than him. I just kind of fucked up my peak a little bit. And that's yeah. probably why I lost. I just wasn't dry enough and hard enough. So just that redemption of being like, I know I can be better and doing the things to get better and then being rewarded for it. Like that's, that's like, that's what we're all searching for. Right. Exactly. And then if you win, you win, but you know, I think what it comes down to for all of us is just improving. Like that's all we're looking yeah, for. That's we're it. all just yeah. trying to get better. You know that's, what I mean? That's exactly. That's why Paul, that's why nationals was good for you because you actually improved for that show. Whereas before yeah. whatever you guys were doing before, it just wasn't fucking working, man. You weren't getting better. So that's why I told you, I'm like, just listen to me. Like, we'll do this prep. We'll, you know, it, was, it wasn't even like really long that we worked together. It was like a week and like, you yeah. just got better. And I'm like, there you go. That's, that's what it's about. And that's, that improvement keeps you fucking going. Cause you're like, damn, I did that. Let's see what else I can do. And you just keep yeah. going with it. It doesn't matter if you're 40 or 45. I don't care. Yeah. That's where the motivation comes from for sure. It's true. That's true. You guys <laughs> want to do one more question? Head off. You have another one there, Morgan? Uh, yeah. Let's do one more. Yeah, I, I got to roll after this one. Yeah. Um, so. I had one too. Uh, so yeah, you go ahead with yours if you got one. Um, somebody was asking about tattoos and bodybuilding. I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, you don't, I don't have any. Jason doesn't have any. But I think, I think they're, they're alluding to like Ian Valliere, and I think Chris has some. Yeah. The forearm tattoos are cool, man. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think yeah. the forearm tattoos are much of a hindrance, but if you no. got your whole back done and like, or your chest and your abs and all that's all tattooed. Yeah. I think it's going to, it's going to, you know, detract true. from what you can it's see. I, I agree. Like if it, if it's, if you have a tattoo on a centerpiece, like, you know, cause your arms are the frame. So if it's like on your pecs, your stomach, that can be distracting. Um, but also if you choose to, you can just cover it up with makeup. So like, you know, with that tattoo on your forearm, like, it doesn't really matter because no one's going to be looking at this forearm like, oh, that looks asymmetrical. No one's looking at your forearms, <laughs> looking at your arms, your packs, everything else, legs, 
But if you really wanted to, you could just put some like, um, the makeup, the tan makeup on it, and it would just disappear. So I don't think it's a problem at all. Yeah, I think it's a good selection. Like if you're gonna get a tattoo, like I, I, pl- I plan to get more tattoos like in the near future. Yeah. But I think it's just like you know, keep it on the forearms, like like Robin said, right? Keep it away from like your back, your chest, your quads. Yeah. You know, any anywhere that detail matters. Yeah, right? you can yeah. even do what Jamie did and fucking put it on your neck because people really don't look at your neck that much in bodybuilding and. It's still kind of like in the middle, keep symmetry. So it's like, you know, don't cover up your entire pack in one of your whole shoulders and your whole arm. That's fucking weird. Like it looks weird on stage, you know, might look cool in a t-shirt at the gym, but if there's a lot of ink on your body, it will cover up some definition at some point. Yeah. The back would be a terrible place to put it. Yeah. And and if you have crazy separation striations in like your, your chest, I wouldn't do it. Your quad, your hams, but who puts, you know, tattoos on? One thing I will also say though, if you're going to do it, uh, start, like, stay away from color. Like color tattoos yeah, are going to yeah. hide definition way more than just like black and gray and white tattoos will. Actually, yeah. bl- black and white fade. I know I have some uh, some wrists and uh, elbow uh, sleeves. So yeah. like they hide pretty well. I don't see them. The yeah, that's, that's a good point too. Like, you know, if you want to be like a professional, it should be something you can hide too. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with like face tattoos and stuff. Not that I don't think it's cool, whatever. <laughs> like, sure, it's kind of cool, but like, you know, if, if you wanted to be like a high, like class, anything, you know, in today's society, like it's probably not going to help you. So, but, yeah, but anyways, but here's a good thing. If you're going to get a tattoo, we don't condone it. We don't really care, but if you do make it your deload week. And then you're going to need to take a couple of days off training. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So yeah. <laughs> deload week, just chill that week and let it heal and then get, get back to it. Show all the yeah, ladies you're you know? You're, you're going <laughs> to yeah. be recovered. You're probably going to be bigger from all the rest, and you're going to have a badass tattoo. So true. Yeah, it's all, it's all wins. But the way I think about it is that's money for GH. So I'm just going to keep it. In my <laughs> yeah, they're expensive too. So yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, I got I got like I got a tattoo appointment in two weeks to finish off this forearm sleeve. Yeah, and then I'm shutting it down after that because that's the other thing that people don't consider when getting tattoos, and I definitely didn't. When I first started working on the sleeve, I was just going to ask you: Did they charge more because you're bigger? Dude, yeah, it's charged, yeah. By, the, it's charged, it's charged by, by the hour, right? So, yeah. my, and my tattoo artist laughs at me. He's like, he's like, your forearm is as big as most people's lower legs. He was like, <laughs> he was like so he was like, you're paying like twice as much for a forearm sleeve. Yeah, and then you know what I thought of instantly? Half Thor Bjornsson, man. Yeah, true. <laughs> that guy must have a hundred thousand dollars worth of ink on his body. <laughs> like, There's a bunch of dudes like that. All the five percenters are like that. That's have, that's a have lot you guys of time ever stood and money next invested. To have you? Yeah. Has any of you stood next to Hathor? No. Have I, you I, seen I, him? In, oh my I god! Have yeah. have. You don't uh, stand. I, you don't stood... stand next to that guy. You just sit in a shadow. That's about it. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. crazy. He made me look like a midget. Like a, <laughs> I, I stood next to him and Brian Shaw. I'm yeah. only five eight. I stood next to him and Brian Shaw backstage at the Arnold Classic one year, and I'm just like, "Isn't it I'm interesting like, how these guys like, are uh, human? Strong men and bo- and bodybuilders look so different because generally, strong men are giants, but they don't have like nearly like the same bubbliness. They're kind of like more straight up and down. Bodybuilders are typically shorter, but we're fucking wide as fuck. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, but if you stand next to a guy that's taller than you, you know, on the stage or in person, anytime you're gonna feel short. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So those uh, guys just didn't look human. I don't know. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Um, okay, guys, we'll do um we'll do it again next week. If you guys have questions for us, let us know. 
Thank you guys for listening. Um, I gotta go fucking eat, man. I'm starving now. All this food <laughs> yeah, talk. Time to eat. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks, talk guys. To you later. Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beef Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and like our videos. Also, don't forget, guys. We got Helix Online discount code Beef Twenty. We also got Gorilla Wear discount codes. If you guys want to help us by supporting the channel and getting yourself some great products, you can use our code at checkout. Thank you, guys, for watching.